Welcome to the podcast, Travel Nursing and Allied Life. My guest today has graduated from nursing school in Alabama, then worked in Florida ever since, traveling on and off between 2007 and 2020 between agency and travel positions. She then took a management position in PACU for a year, went back to staff to regain her skills, and hit the road to come to California as a traveler. She completed her bachelor degree online and has now started her clinicals or will start her clinicals in March for a nurse, practi nurse practitioner in Chamberlain University. She's also a proud mom of a 15 year old daughter who she doesn't get to see very much because she's back in Florida and COVID is hampering our travel. Welcome to the podcast, Sherry Rendell. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Sherry, thanks so much. I also forgot to mention, we work together now in the same ER, and so that's where we met, and it's really awesome because I love working with you, and we've become friends since. So it was really cool when I found out this side of you that um, I didn't even know about when you were talking, so I'm looking forward to hearing about that. But to start with, I'd like to find out what activities you're enjoying in California right now. I feel so lucky, Michelle, to have come to California during the pandemic because um, prior to the pandemic, I was very into shopping and, you know, yoga and just different spiritual thing classes. And I have been forced to go hiking and go to the beach and have picnics and, you know, things are closed. And so I'm so glad that I was here during this pandemic because California is absolutely gorgeous. I love hiking and running and do yoga outside. And it's just been uh, really life-changing to be out here in this beautiful place. That's fabulous. So it's forced you outdoors, which mm -hmm. is great. And in California, it's year round great. Whereas in Florida, it gets quite hot and stuffy in the summer. Yeah. You want to stay indoors. Understood. Now, when we were talking about, we were on a hike and you started talking about what you do on the side. And that was just fascinating because a lot of travelers have asked me over, over the years and also what I've seen on posts. And they said, what can I do on the side? I want to do some sort of side gig or maybe something that can help me get away from the bedside. And what you were talking about, you sell health insurance on the side, right? Yes. Yes. In 2013, I, <laughs> tried to leave nursing and went to sell timeshare, <laughs> which um, I was really good at sales, personal, relational, um, assessing a need, finding an intervention and, you know, fixing a problem. Um, but I really did feel very dirty inside and it was not a great environment. <laughs> um, yeah, so I luckily crossed paths with uh, someone who sold insurance and they were talking to me about Medicare and uh, great thing about Medicare is you get a residual income. You get residual income with other lines of insurance as well, but Medicare is a little special in the way that it's structured. And I love Medicare. It's necessary. It's, it's not, it's not, I'm not forcing somebody to miss their mortgage payment over helping them understand that they need the supplemental coverage. So I, I got my insurance license. I went back to the bedside. I left timeshare. Um, and then I went and got my insurance license. It was a very straightforward process in Florida. It was a 60 hour pre-licensure course. And then, which cost me like $125 for a full package. And then it was $44 to take the test. 
uh, which I had to take twice, is a horribly dry, <laughs> boring material about fiduciary responsibility and ethics and compliance. And you're just thinking, how could I fail this? This is a no brainer, but it gets technical. Um, but once you pass the test, you then go and do your AHIP training, which is through CMS. Um, and, and that's pretty tough too. That's a lot of time, but you're learning about fraud, the process, you're learning about supplements, you're just learning about the the ins and outs. There's a lot of don'ts, do's and don'ts with Medicare. You can get yourself in trouble. So it's just like, it's just like our healthcare system. It's all regulatory, same, same. So once you get that and you certify with carriers, you're set to go. And then you can start offering people supplemental coverage and Medicare Advantage plans. Is the certification different from state to state? The certification process, um, it's just like with your nursing license, how you, you take the NCLEX and you have national certification, but then state to state, you're going to apply for a, a license for reciprocity or. Oh, I see. Okay. So you so get certified in, in your home state and then yeah. you get the um, approval or the license in whatever state you, you may want to change to. Okay. Yes. And there may be differences in just like with um, nursing and the insurance uh, industry, there is continuing education that you keep up with annually. And that okay. varies from state to state as well. Do you tend to hold multiple licenses like you do as a traveler or do you pretty much hold one license and work out of that state? That's a great question. I have a client who was a personal friend and her husband was on disability. And so when they moved to Connecticut, they requested that I keep servicing them. And I had explained to them that Connecticut was a different terrain um, outlay. And I went ahead and got my license. It was $200. And then what I've made from that investment, it's been worth it. So I do have a Connecticut license for them and then Florida. And I am looking into getting licensed in California as well. It's just too good out here not to. Absolutely. So how did you choose to specialize in this area? Medicare, I found to be so incredibly challenging to really master and understand the process, uh, the benefits, and then the why and how, and just the differences of the options available. And I'm a registered nurse, you know, and I'm educated. This is my life and my language. And I just, for seniors, it's overwhelming. And a lot of seniors mm -hmm. are running around without that extra supplement coverage because it's just overwhelming to them. So you automatically get your Medicare when you're 65 and then you're selling the supplement part on top of that? Yeah. So um, when you turn 65, you're eligible for part A and part B. Um, some individuals can delay their part B and keep working, but they'll still have their part A. And part A covers hospitalization, hospital-related expenses. And this is so hard to smush this down. This is very uh, abridged. Um, and part B covers uh, services outside the hospital, labs, radiology, okay. doctor visits. Medicare covers 80% of these costs and then you're liable for that 20%. You also have a part A deductible, a part B deductible. And then, you know, then it gets a little bit more technical with co-insurance and, and days for hospitalization, lifetime maximums. Um, the purpose of a Medicare supplement or Medicare Advantage plan is it act, it's, a, it's a capitation on your out-of-pocket expenses, like an umbrella. Mm. Um, I have a, my favorite, favorite example of this, because I have a client, they were on an HMO. Now, I personally am not fans of HMOs, but I've learned 
the very hard way to really assess and analyze who's in front of me, just like we have to do with our patients, who's in front of me. And if I'm in a home and I see that we're lucky to have running water and electricity, I don't talk anything but HMO to these individuals because this is what's going to serve them best and, you know, saving them expenses. Um, I obviously let them know their options and we look at different plans, but this guy had a heart attack. He had chest pain, he went to the ER and ended up going to the cath lab, got hospitalized and then did rehab. And it was like about a 60 day ordeal from day one to discharge home. He did really great. His bill was around $72,000. So, and it, it breaks it down and it shows he was on an HMO, United Healthcare HMO. This happened in Tampa, Florida. So his copay was $50. And, you know, he was, he calls up, he actually, he came to the office. He drove, this is in Lakeland. He's like, I just need to show you this. I'm so excited. I can't believe this happened. And he showed and he was like, thank you so much. He's like, I was so scared to get this bill. He's like, this is the guy that never goes to the hospital has no, you know, this is just, he just got really lucky to be on this HMO plan. And, you know, he would have been liable for that 20%, which runs around, around about $14,000, you know, out of pocket that, that he would have been liable for. So that is just an example of why is it a great idea to have a Medicare advantage or Medicare supplement? That's a great example. I didn't realize they were on the hook for 20%, which, you know, a $72,000 bill is huge, but it's known to be much, much higher, especially if you end up having a really bad either accident or, or illness. So that's really good to have. So it sounds like this is something that any traveler could do from any state. Yes, and even any state. And if you happen to work out of a different state, because as a traveler, you're hopping around from state to state, you would still continue to sell insurance just for the state that you're licensed in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the, I, so my upline that I work under, I'm an independent agent. There's, there's two different types of agents. You can be a captive agent where you're, uh, you're just captive to one carrier, like in Florida, Blue Cross and Blue Shield is probably the biggest captive agency being a captive agent, there's pros to being a captive agent. I mean, you don't pay for your leads and you, you really are like product knowledge specialist. Like this is your one product that you know in and out. And there's a lot of value to be said for that. I don't like that model. Um, although if you're starting out, um, looking back, hindsight's 2020, uh, it, is, it is good to really understand the industry by being a captive agent, not being overwhelmed by so many different options, right. which I am an independent agent. So I though have to come from a nursing perspective and you have to understand a lot of these people get in trouble with these plans because you, know, you get a commission every time you switch someone's plan or you put them on a different plan. You get a commission, a straight up commission. Um, let's say you switch plans during open enrollment and they're on a Humana H250 and you put them on a United 420, then you, you get a $250 commission and then you're getting $15 a month in perpetuity until you know, they go off that plan. So it benefits agents to switch people's plans. And it's unfortunate because agents that don't understand the healthcare system can screw people over. You, know, you get someone on a plan and their specialist is not on there and they've got issues coordinating their care now. And this, their oncologist has been, it just really, bur- it burns me up. <laughs> Because I see this happen to people. Okay. How is it a way that they can, um, how do they find you? You're an independent. How do they find you amongst the sea of other people? Do you advertise somewhere or do you look for leads? 
so glad you asked this because you have set me on fire because we started talking about this the other day. I got really, really lucky uh, in 2018, um, prior to my leadership uh, role that I did, I had crossed paths with a financial advisor who was looking to, um, he kept having people uh, go outside of his organization to get advice for the Medicare and he was losing clients. So he wanted someone in-house. So he put me on the radio and we would just talk about Medicare related things during open enrollment and the contact information was there. So I just had a flood of calls. So my main base of clients that I have right now that I service have all come from that. There's a few stragglers that I picked up here and there, people asking what I do. So I have not had to have that financial investment um, but that's unusual and answer your question it really is kind of up to you and how much you want to put out there mm-hmm. um, I like those high-end leads when I talk to somebody I want to make sure my time is honored so I'll buy a lead for $50 but this $50 lead is somebody who is hey I'm turning 65 in a couple of months I'm lost I don't know what to do right. these people really want to know the process I love these clients that they're aging in. You set them up and you set them up properly and educate them and they're very low maintenance along the way. I have other clients that I've picked up from other people, other agents, and they have had bad things happen with their healthcare and it's either cost them a lot of money or issues with providers and they're, they're needy. They're always asking questions because they weren't set up properly to begin. So they just don't mm-hmm. trust the system. So Yes, you can buy leads. You can set up websites where they'll directly send it to you. You can do direct mail, um, build relationships with physicians, community events where you educate uh, people. So many opportunities to help people and let your nursing, that nurturing thing come out and um, serve. People have no idea that they're eligible for limited income assistance through Medicaid services where their medications are covered and they have extra you know, money coming in to help have those needs be met. Uh, there's special Medicare plans where they have transportation services to get to and from their doctor to ensure, oh, nice. you know, continuity of care. And So um, you really are in control of how you want to market yourself. You really have complete, mm-hmm. complete flexibility and complete, literally the sky is the limit. I have not taken, so I started doing this in 2013 and I, I'm going to be honest, it took me, it took me a good year to really understand the process it was a it was it was a challenge but once I got it I realized how easy it was Mm -hmm. and then I just was on fire then I finished school and had that leadership opportunity happen and so I decided to put Medicare on and I did I still service my clients they're able to call me I, I even picked up five extra clients that year which had surprised me and then when I came back out to California and I'm kind of like okay my clinicals don't start until March now what so now I've got this goal from now until March and I can really blow it wide open. I'm so excited. It's really cool. You can use your nursing background and travelers can do that too. People really have a strong trust in nurses. You already know the lingo. You already know how things work. You have a full understanding. So it's a very natural step for nurses to go into this, this line of work. You mentioned a couple of things on, uh, the, the money that you can receive. And that'll be a question travelers have. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of how much money someone could make doing selling Medicare insurance? Yes. So this will vary from state to state. And this is a very rough, uh, you know, figure. Um, so I'm, I'm working out of Florida. Um, I sell through Berwick. That's the upline. 
and I'm um, appointed with United uh, Humana and Aetna. So when I, when I set someone up with a Medicare Advantage policy, it's $500 roundabout, anywhere from 450 to 500 um, initially, just for setting them up. And then after that, it's $15 a month for them being on that policy. And that kind of builds. Um, for Medicare supplements, a little bit less, 250 to 300, and then same. But the residual can be a little higher on the Medicare supplements, like $20. So I do have a friend in uh, Tampa that I was telling you about. Um, this guy has been doing this since the nineties. So this has been a very, I love this Kim Mailer, uh, one of someone who I really admire and respect. She has a podcast, soul digger life coach, uh, says overnight success takes 10 years. Mm. Um, this guy's been doing this since the nineties. So he That's has so 800. Cool. Yes. He's 800 people on the books. Um, and so what that roughly works out to $15 a person, that's $12,000 a month. He just wakes up and there's just $12,000 a month. So he's getting $144,000 a year. And he's on maintenance mode. He's really yeah. just on maintenance. He's not even trying to get new people at that point. And it's rare that I get a high maintenance call. Most of the time people are looking for reassurance. Am I okay? I've had clients get diagnosed with cancer and have clients be prescribed a medication that costs $20,000 a month. I've had clients that, oh my gosh. And it's, it is, as a nurse, you do take it very personal that I am setting these people up for their healthcare. This is a really yeah. big deal, right? Yes, for sure. So I get this call last month in December. Uh, this is one of my clients, very close to this client. I set her and her husband up three years ago and she's, Sherry, I had this bill for $50,000. And I don't, I don't know what to do. And I so start breathing very slow because I, she's very anxious and I don't want to feed this anxiety. I pull the car over and I'm like, okay, Judy, can you tell me a little more about this? And I start asking her to read off things and I'm white as it goes. My hands are trembling and I'm like, and then I see her plan. I pull up her plan and I see it's active and everything is good. So I'm like, oh, okay, good. This has to be an accident, you know, with the billing or something. There's some numbers off. And, and what happened was her husband was diagnosed with COVID. She couldn't go inside the hospital. Registration never verified the benefits oh. and the plan had changed in the year prior. So they never had billed the insurance properly. And that's what happened. But that was really scary to get that call. I was billed for it's a horrible call. I mean, to be told you're, you're owing $50,000, that's horrible. Yeah. But she loved that, that she had me to call yeah. to... Cause I told her right away, once I saw the plan was active, I was like, okay, there's something's wrong here. You have insurance, something, the ball's been dropped somewhere. This is not your issue. You know, so $15 a month is actually a pretty small price to pay to have somebody on auto dial. It's mm -hmm. rather than going through that whole phone tree, which will take you 45 minutes and somebody drops you. And that's actually worth it just on its own. Yeah, it really is huge. Yeah. That's fantastic. Where can travelers go to get more information if they're excited and they want to do this? Um, where can they get more information both on the website and on you? So it would be state to state. You would look up uh, obtaining a 215 license, whatever state you're in. So a 215 license is going to give you the um, ability to sell health insurance, life insurance, and um, variable annuity insurance. I didn't even talk about cross-selling and life insurance because I I say I'm a money whore, but I don't think I really am because if I was, I would be a, a lot, I have a lot more money right now because it's there for the taking. But yeah, I, I have these, 
I have friends and professional people that I work with and they're just killing it. It's just, people are really, people are really in the mood for security right now for insurance and their healthcare needs being met. So go to the state regulatory, um, obtaining my 215 license or whatever state that you live in. That will walk you through the process of getting your 215 license, which is step one. And then if you're interested in doing Medicare, I'd recommend going and ordering a, a hard copy of the Medicare and you handbook. And it, every year it's updated with the changes. And that's like your Bible. You really want to know Medicare, original Medicare in and out so that you can really understand this process as you're doing your AHIP training and training with the carriers. Um, and then, you know, if you want to reach out to me personally, um, my email, you can provide is my name, Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y 1126RN at gmail.com. And we'll put that email in the notes at the bottom so that if you want to email Sherry later on, you certainly can. That's really interesting what you brought up that you can cross sell for life insurance as well. Yes. And hospital indemnity plans. And, and these are great plans. I just, I don't know, Michelle, I think it's funny. I'm really good at selling, but I can't be sold. So when people start telling me I need something, like I just shut down. Don't tell me you don't know me. <laughs> so true. And I could do that with timeshare, but with this health insurance, it's a whole different, like. It's an actual need. You don't really need a timeshare. You, it's nice to have, but you don't really need a timeshare. Whereas you need a medical supplement, you know, if you're going to save your bank account, the big, big surprises. And I can't tell you too, just how valuable it is to learn about Medicare. I mean, Medicare is in trouble, of course, but I don't think it's going anywhere for the next 20 years. You mm-hmm. and I, we will, we will navigate through the system on, you know, ourselves. So I've learned so many things like your part B Medicare premium is determined by your annual gross income two years prior. So this is huge. So you don't want to make over $250,000 two years before you retire because you don't want to pay a $207 premium when you can pay a $148 premium. Totally. You know? And is that These- permanent? Is that for the rest of your retirement? No, it's not permanent. As your income is adjusted, you know, for the retirement income, then they will go in and readjust it, but they'll leave it like that for two years. I had that happen to a client of mine and her, she made a lot of money two years prior, but then she went to 70 grand a year and it was really unfortunate. It's very frustrating. Can you sell insurance all year because they're turning 65 or do you have to wait for open enrollment in November? Yeah, a lot of people really focus on open enrollment. And I find open enrollment annoying because open enrollment is a lot of people calling up Hey, I'm frustrated. This is what's going on. I want to get on a different plan, but they can change plans a million times if they want to up until uh, December 12th. So I prefer setting them up throughout the year. Um, what we call IEP. That's your initial enrollment period. Your initial enrollment period is three years before your 65th birthday, the month of your 65th birthday and three months after. So there's IEP. There is special enrollment period, like where you move from service areas, uh, you'll need to enroll in a different plan then. Um, Let's say someone gets diagnosed with like congestive heart failure and they were previously healthy. Well, they're going to need different medications and different healthcare needs. They have what we call um, special needs plans for chronic illnesses, and you can convert them into one of those plans. And that creates another, you know, Mm -hmm. revenue generating opportunity. So there there are opportunities all year round, people going on Medicaid, and they actually just have, this is very exciting for 2021, people with in-stage renal disease now qualify to be on Medicare Advantage plans, where in the past, uh, that was the only disqualifier. So that's oh, really? Oh, that is yeah. good. Yeah. Excellent. 
Thank you so much, Sherry, for joining us. We have a lot of problems in our healthcare system, but yeah, Medicare is a really great system. It's just a matter of knowing how to navigate through it and helping people understand what it is and how to utilize what's out there. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the Travel Nursing and Allied podcast, Sherry. You can find more information and Sherry's contact information down in the notes. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks, Sherry.